What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast, coming at you after a week three of football. My first week watching all the games, my first Sunday. Took a little two weeks off from that. It was, but listen, it was worth it. But I gotta say, on Sunday, I was in my happy place. I was in my zone, had TV one on Chiefs. What I have, uh, uh, Chiefs, uh, Colts had TV two on the red zone, was flipping back and forth occasionally on TV one to the Bills Miami game. Uh, hopefully, we get TV three up here in uh, eh, about a week or two. About a week or two, we'll get we'll get TV three up there. We'll, we'll we'll get all we'll get it all going. I got the setup, folks. I got it. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back watching this football. It was great. Speaking of the Bills Miami, Miami wins that football game. A little bit of a blunder there at the end by a Bills player. Get out of bounds, dude. I mean, I'd be freaking out just like their OC was, breaking screens. Uh, we have we got a lot of action going on. Ravens and Patriots, that game. I mean, that game was really good for a while until Lamar took it over. Mac Jones might be a little injured. Uh, we had the Sunday night game last... Uh, I mean, not so, sorry, the Monday night game last night, which I have some thoughts on, some Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Don't see a lot of difference right now in this offense to them. Saquon might be back, but we got we got games low. The Packers beat the Bucks. The Panthers get a win. I mean, I, I got a little bit of thoughts on that game, but what a fucking terrible game that was. And and I'm just gonna say right here, right now to start the show, even before we get in it, Brandon Staley is a bad coach. He cannot coach. Doug Peterson on his worst day is better than Brandon Staley will ever be on his best day, and that's just. Just a little nugget of what we'll get into with that specific game. But before we do, before I, my blood pressure gets all riled up, before I have another sip of this coffee on a beautiful, what is it, Tuesday morning I'm recording this, go ahead, please, subscribe, rate, review, take a second, text the link to your buddy, to your girlfriend, to your girlfriend's friend, to your aunt, to your uncle, to your cousins, it doesn't matter. Send it to your enemy. Send it to the to, to, to your fourth grade bully. Hey man, just want to make amends. You know, maybe try. I know you like football now. Hey, try listening to this podcast. Whatever. It all helps. I'm glad you're listening. You're the reason why I do this. Let's just fucking rock and roll in week three, baby. And let's jump into the game of the day. Well, definitely the game in the morning window, for sure. Which there was nine games in the morning window. Absolutely awesome. I mean, when you get nine games in the morning window, it's just nonstop football for just three and a half hours. But we got Bills going to Miami, first divisional game in Miami, somehow, some way, only running 39 offensive plays to Buffalo's 90. I repeat, the, the Miami Dolphins won this football game running 39, 39 offensive plays. To the Bills, 90. It doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. How I, I had to double check and to make sure I got the score right for this game. When I'm going here, I'm writing down my thoughts on this game. Excuse me, my little notes on my phone. And I wrote that down, and I and I had to do a double take. I had to, wait, wait a minute. Did I, hold on. Is, did, did I get the final score right? Yeah. Yeah. Got it right. And I've been saying this. I, I definitely been saying this, so I guess last week I said it, and I said it a little bit last year and a little bit to my Bills friends. I want to see you win close games. I want to see when it's fourth quarter, it's on the line, we need a game-winning drive, you need a defense to make a stop, you need something to happen, you're not winning by 37 points. It's not, it's not, 
there's not 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter and you're pulling Josh out. That's not what this game was. That's not that's not how you win in January. You win in January with this exact game that the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills played. Where Josh Allen was, I mean, he had that fumble on the goal line close to it and it allowed to Miami's touchdown. But then he comes back, <clears throat> takes the boys right down the field, makes incredible throw after incredible throw, gets it in gets it in zone, gets it done. This this Bills team ran 90 offensive plays, majority of it getting all the way up the field and then stalling, taking a field goal, going for it on fourth. 90 offensive plays to 39. It's the biggest thing about this. I mean, Josh Allen threw the ball 62 times. So 62 out of their 90 plays, was Josh Allen throwing it? Why is he throwing it so fucking much? This is why you lose close games, because the Buffalo Bills cannot run the football. I don't care how many running backs you tell me you have. I don't care how many times you tell me that Josh Allen is the best runner of the quarterback behind Lamar Jackson in this game. I do not care. That clearly is not getting the job done. 62 times you throw the football? You should have ran the ball more. If they would have ran the ball more, they would have ran the, the clock a little bit more. They could have sustained some more drives. You know, you look at the you look at the Miami Dolphins. They're in 39 plays. Fuck, half of them are runs. Half of them are runs. I mean, it's not even like Tua didn't even uh, Tua got hurt in this game for a little bit. Went out, then came back at halftime. They want to say it's a back injury. Pretty sure it was a head injury. Uh, but whatever. I mean, hopefully he's all right and he's good. I, I'm just I'm sitting here, and I've been sitting on this game for a few days now. How the hell did they lose this football game? Isaiah, how the hell does Isaiah McKenzie not go out of bounds? He's running straight for the out of bounds. He's running straight there. And yet he says, well, I could turn it up and get a couple more yards. What? Since when, since when is that the Bills' identity? Since when is that what they've done? But all of a sudden, two weeks of the season, you go off, you're, 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 everyone, you're puffing your chest out because you're just beating the shit out of guys, right? Because you beat the shit out of the defending Super Bowl champions. Then you go and you, you, you beat the shit on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football, whatever it was, against the Tennessee Titans. So you come into this game, divisional game, on the road. Oh, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. I don't need to go out of bounds. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is my knock on Josh Allen. The plays that Josh Allen made that were not good, how about the one, how about the fake spike at the end of the first half where he almost threw a pick six to Xavier Howard? And he and looked like, to me, it looked like Stephon Diggs hyperextended his knee on that play. Let's keep an eye out for Stephon Diggs this week. He might be a little banged up. I mean, he came back in the game and he was fine, but you could see maybe he wasn't all there. I don't, I don't, Josh Allen, he, his talent is so immense and what he can do at times is so unbelievable that he does stupid shit. I say the same thing about Mahomes. Sometimes they just think they're too good than what they are. Brett Favre, it was, it was his biggest thing. That's right, so he threw so many goddamn interceptions. And Josh Allen and Mahomes don't throw nearly as many interceptions. But man, Josh, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? You had, you had a couple of those in the fourth quarter, too, that I was, what are you doing? The, I don't, I don't want to see. You know, the Bills don't, Bills don't win by 38 every week. You're not going to win by 38 in the playoffs, man. This is, this is a great win for the Miami Dolphins. And this is a great win for my guy, Mike McDaniels, that I have been telling everybody he's a fucking dog. That he is a fucking dog. That this guy might really be the real deal. That this guy might really be able to know how to coach. And it looks like he can. Because he's taking a quarterback, which let's let, he leaves some to be desired. Still, Tua does. Underthrowing guys. But, but in, in, 
8 to 15 yards, Tua is throwing darts. He is throwing fucking darts. And this offensive line is blocking their ass off. And this run scheme, is, is it's hard to beat. And the Bills' defense is really good. And they held them up. And I don't want to hear about injuries. Because I know for those last seven minutes I've been talking about this. All you Bills fans. Oh, we got injuries. Oh, Michael. Hi, two rookie corners. Oh. Shut up. Shut up. Are you kidding me? This is the NFL. Everyone's hurt every fucking week. If you're going to complain about week three about your injuries, what are you going to do in January? You're going to talk to me then? It'd be like every Packer fucking fan that I know still talk about two years ago that that was pass interference against Tom Brady. Stop. Stop. If you want to be a winning team, a winning franchise, unlike what I root for, unlike what you currently root for, Buffalo fans, stop it. Stop it. Take it on the fucking chin. It's a divisional game. Get, get better. Stop Stop thinking you're the shit. Stop thinking you're going to win every game by 40 fucking points. It's not going to happen. You need to win these close games. This has to be done. Your run game is abysmal. It is a fucking abysmal. I don't want to hear about how Singletary had a good game on Sunday. Cool, cool. What else? What are we going to do? How about in three weeks? You going to have a good game then? Singletary's had like four good games in like seven years he's been on that team. It's insane. And you're drafting these running backs, barely using them, throwing the ball 62 times. I don't understand what's happening. Why? Why? Why did you need to throw the ball 62 times? It's not like you were down 12 points the entire game. Two touchdowns the entire game. No, you were right there. Fuck, you were leading. And if you weren't leading, you were only down a fucking less than a score. What are we talking about? What are we doing here in Buffalo? You guys want to just big up your chest? You want to do all this? It's a week-to-week league. So you want to get you want to get you want to get your dick sucked for two weeks? Guess what? You're gonna get your dick sucked this week. You're getting your fucking dick smashed. That was pathetic. It was a pathetic way to end that football game. You don't go out of bounds. Josh Allen looked like he didn't handle the clock right. He should not have thrown it to McKenzie. The, uh, the series before wasn't very good. I, I just, I, I love the Bills. They're still my buff, my Super Bowl pick. But McDermott, what the fuck was that? Allen, 60, I mean, 62 times we're throwing him? Why? What is, I, I, I don't understand. 90 plays, you throw it 62 times and you lose to a team that only ran 39 offense plays. Think about that. Just think about that for a second. And I had to lead the show with this game and not with the Monday night game. Because this game, let's be honest, I actually really enjoyed last night's football game. I actually really did. Cowboys and Giants. And we're going to jump into that right after this game. But this game, for me, had to lead the show. Because when you look at the box score and when you look at what this game produced, you, you, how? You, you go, oh, yo, the Bills, the Bills won by 30. If I just told you 90 plays to 39... Time of possession, heavily in favored. Josh Allen threw the ball 62 times. You're going to say, oh yeah, Bills probably won that game by two scores. No. No, they didn't. No, they did not. Let's just take a breath here, Bills fans. Let's just take a breath, McDermott. Let's take a breath, Josh. Go in the lab and get cooking again. Get, get, get back to what you guys do. And I know what you've done since Josh has been there is throw the football. But let's change that just a little bit. Why are you drafting running backs every fucking year if you're not going to use them? I don't understand that. What's the fucking point? What's the point of literally taking a different running back every second round for the last three years, third round, fourth round, if you're not even going to use the guys? You're going to run 90 offensive plays and throw it 62? That's just, that's losing football. I don't care how deep you are on the defensive side. I don't care that you have Josh Allen. I don't care that you have Stephon Diggs. I don't give a shit. That is losing football. 
All right, let's jump into the Monday night game. A little Monday night football action. Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Cooper Rush against Daniel Jones. Uh, Brian Dable coaching his third game. And I just, I want to lead off with this. Yes, the Cowboys came into the Meadowlands. Cooper Rush ended up getting it done. You know, I have my Cowboy take in a second. I'm going to start with my Giant take, and it's pretty simple. Brian Dable is clearly, clearly a legitimate head coach in this league. I've seen three football games. Technically, I've seen one football game live. The other two I watched on my iPad in, in a matter of like 27 to 32 minutes. That's They show no commercials. I watch every play. That's how it is. But technically, I guess I've seen one Brian Dable head coaching job live. And I instantly, instantly think he is a top 20 coach in this league. 20, easily, in my opinion. What he's able to do in three games with this team who no, everyone said barely has any talent. Daniel Jones is garbage. Their defense is atrocious. Uh, the, the, from the top down, the ownership, the management, everything's bad. Well, Dable and Joe Shane come over from Buffalo, who before came over from New England. They're New England-rooted guys. Then they get to Buffalo, become Buffalo-rooted guys with everything Buffalo's doing there, which I know I just went on a big thing about Buffalo, but hey, listen, you know, it's still a good, still a good team. <clears throat> I got the coughs this morning. But Dable has come in and has clearly made Daniel Jones. The, the Dallas Cowboys have now had more have, have had more pressure in the first three games than any team in the history of the NFL since since 2017. Since 2017, they've had more pressure than any team through three games. I mean, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and those boys, they are getting after it on every play. They are blitzing the Cowboys on every play. This is why it was a fun game to watch, because so were the Giants. The Giants were blitzing all the time. Zone blitz, gap blitzes, outside blitzes. Both of them were bringing safety blitzes. It was great. It was awesome to watch. And Daniel Jones did not fumble the ball one time. Daniel Jones looked more composed in the pocket, more composed as a runner than I've ever seen him before. And it's been three games now with Dayball. That's it. That is what a great coach does. That is what a great coach does. You want to know what a, not, what a bad coach does? Go look at the fucking Chargers. Go look at the Chargers and then come back and talk to me. Because the, he's got Justin Herbert. Imagine if Dable had Justin Herbert right now. The Giants would be 3-0. and And it wouldn't even be close. They would have won the first two games by another touchdown. They would have won last night by two. It wouldn't have been close. But he's got Daniel Jones and yet still he's in these football games. And for the remainder of the year, they will be in these football games. Saquon Barkley, folks, he might be coming back. A lot of times we write guys off that have injuries like Saquon had especially at the running back position, because it's just such a burn and turn position. But when you have an elite skill set, right, if you're an elite receiver as a running back, have an elite open field speed and elite agility, if you could get back, you could still be good. And, and, and I've talked my fair shit about Saquon Barkley being drafted number two overall by this team, and I still think it's the one of the worst moves in the history of that franchise. That's, that's my strong opinion, and I don't think I'm going to come off of that unless Saquon Barkley becomes Walter fucking Payton. And I don't think that's going to happen. But Saquon, clearly the best two athletes on the field last night were Saquon Barkley and, and, and Micah Parsons. It was not close. The two Penn State kids, the two Nittley Lions, easily. I mean, what, what Saquon was able to do for the majority of that game, that touchdown that he had, fucking sweet. He's back to being sweet Saquon. And now it's been three games. Now, can he stay healthy? Can he keep it up? I don't know. 
but I know that Dayball is going to have him at the opportunities to do that. Because this dude can coach. This dude can fucking coach. He just can. And flat out, this is clearly a real NFL guy here. And Joe Shane, what he's done in the moves in the offseason, and not letting the noise of like the Kenny Galladay things and, and, and all these draft picks that were hitting before you, like your Kadarius Tonys and a couple of the safeties that they took in the corner that they took early, without their regime, not, not, not under them, they've handled it like mature NFL people do. Like how actual legitimate organizations should handle it. And the Giants haven't had that since since they've won since Eli when they were winning Super Bowls. It's been a long time. And the first time for a long time, if you're a Giants fan, I know you just came off a Monday night loss, but if you're a Giants fan, you should be feel really good. You should feel really good about this team. You should feel really good about your, your coaching staff. You should feel really good about your management. And listen, this is the last year Daniel Jones is gonna be on this team. We all know it. It's pretty clear. Dayball's not keeping Daniel fucking Jones. He's not. He's he's literally just going to hold him over for the rest of the year, maybe win five, six games, get another quarterback, whether it may be, you know, honestly, they a couple bounces go the Giants' way. They could win seven football games. The Giants win seven football games. They're kind of out of the realm of your C.J. Strouds and your Bryce Youngs and those quarterbacks. But they can always move, make moves, move up maybe, do something. I don't know exactly what they're, I don't know, like how deep they are with draft picks. I, I know they've made some moves the past couple of years, uh, so they would have to look into that, but I think definitely it's Daniel Jones last year. Whether it may be going out and getting a veteran for another year or two to hold them over, or or honestly, I, I do believe they should get a young quarterback. Somebody that, that Dable likes, bring a young kid that he likes, they can, you know, then and also bring in a veteran, get him to mature, get him to watch, get him to, to get under his system, and get him to go. Because that's really what you need. You can't just be the fucking Indianapolis Colts. We'll talk about them, too. Just every year you're getting a new quarterback that's from another team that clearly is not cutting it, and you're becoming a disaster, even though you did just beat the Chiefs, which, by the way, I told everyone to fade him if you had the right points. I, I took him at the 5.5. I said if you, if, if you have him at 7 or higher, take the Colts. Well, if anybody did take the Colts 7 or higher... Congratulations, I still lost my five and a half, but it is what it is. That's it's here for another day. I don't believe that's what Dayball's gonna be doing. Just quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. No, go out and get yourself a young guy. Go out and get yourself a Daniel Jones. Uh, not not Daniel Jones himself, but that's what the Giants did. They took this dude three overall, right? Like three or four overall. Took him high. That's what you gotta do. You gotta bring you but you gotta take, you gotta get the right guy. You gotta get the right guy in there. And I believe Dayball was the right guy for this Giants team. Now Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones, earlier this week, was joking, but not really joking, kind of tongue-in-cheek, when he went on the radio show and said, you know, the best thing to be ha- to happen is if we have a quarterback controversy when Dak's able to come back and have to decide what quarterback to go to. And, of course, you know, he came out the next day, and he said, listen, Dak's our guy. We're in with him all the way. But he's not wrong. The best possible thing that you can have in this situation that the Dallas Cowboys are in is if your quarterback, backup quarterback, comes in and plays his ass off and wins you games, multiple games, and do, and honestly looks pretty good doing it. As a command of the huddle, is checking at the line of scrimmage, is not looking over at the sideline with this big, dumb, confused look, Kellen Moore, please help me, has a command of the offense, looks exactly like Dak Prescott in the pocket, throwing game-winning touchdown passes, throwing sideline dimes, making the, running the ball when he needs to. I thought Cooper Rush was excellent. 
excellent last night. I thought Cooper Rush, for the majority of these uh, of the of these two games that he's been in, has been very good. He's been very good, and I gotta be honest here, I do not see a lot of difference in this offense. You're gonna tell me if Dak Prescott's in that game last night that the Cowboys win by three touchdowns? Cause I I don't see that. This offense doesn't look a lot of. What would they do differently if Dak was actually in the game? What would they, would they throw it deep more? Why? It's not like Dak has that much bigger of an arm than Cooper Rush. Honestly, it's probably about the same. I saw, I've seen. Look, I, I watched Cooper Rush throw the ball a lot in college. He's got a little bit of a cannon. It's not like he's, you know, fucking Josh Allen over here, Mahomes over here. But he's got just as big of his arm as Dak. I watched Dak. I watched Dak for three straight years at Mississippi State. I liked the shit out of him. I really, really did. I thought I, I was rooting for him every time he played. He's one of my, honestly, he's probably one of my favorite college quarterbacks I ever got to watch. He always gave Bama a, a lot of shit, LSU a lot of shit. He was always in big game, big moments, big games, and he, and he pulled it off a lot with his legs and his ath athleticism. He never had a huge arm. He was never throwing 70-yard bombs, you know, 55-yard bombs in stride. Now, does he do that occasionally? Of course he does that occasionally in the league. It's not like he's some fucking scrub that has no arm. But Dak doesn't have a huge arm. Cooper Rush doesn't have a huge arm. He's got a good enough arm to win. Da Cooper Rush got a good enough arm to throw that absolute dime piece, the game-winning touchdown in the back left corner of the end zone to an amazing grab by CeeDee Lamb. I mean, that, that, that catch was really good, folks. Don't get me wrong here. That was an amazing catch. That was a better throw. It was a better throw than it was a catch. Because Cooper put it in the only spot he could, trusted CD after he dropped what was a wide open touchdown pass. Then CD comes back, gets another catch, drops another one, and then in the back of the end zone after CD got him there, Cooper Rush has enough trust in this guy who's probably gassed, puts it in the only spot for him to go up and get it, and he goes up and he gets it. That was a legit top 10 NFL throw. That was a legit top 10 quarterback NFL throw. There are not, not every starting quarterback in the league can make that throw. I'm letting you know right now. Mar Mariota maybe makes that throw once out of 50 throws. Baker Mayfield maybe makes that throw once out of every maybe 25 throws. But Cooper Rush did it game on the line. Just made a beautiful, and he threw a dart two plays before that. And how about the series before that? Throws the dart to the Noah Brown to keep the first drive alive right on the right on the end zone, right on the end zone, uh, the 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 out of bounds line. First down, keep it going. That Noah Brown kid too. He's balling for the stars. That kid is balling for the stars. I mean, don't get me wrong. Should not have traded away Amari Cooper, but that Noah kid is balling for you. I don't see a lot of difference here in this Cowboy team. That one. How long? I saw something saying that Dak could come back next week. That's too soon. But could it? Could he be coming back next week? Does Dak maybe rush it a little bit? Does maybe Dak and Dak's camp maybe rush him a little bit? Because Cooper Rush and this offense look absolutely no different than when Dak was in. Literally, they're scoring almost the exact same points per game. The almost the exact same yards per game. Ezekiel Elliott... In the two games with Cooper Rush, has more rushing yards, is averaging more rushing yards in the last 13 games with Dak Prescott. <laughs> that's insane. And I'm not saying like, oh, that's clearly on Cooper Rush. But what I'm saying is that Cooper Rush is able to command a huddle. He's able to check to good lines. I can't tell you how many times I do check to the line of scrimmage last night. I'm watching the Peyton and Eli uh, broadcast. Peyton was talking about it. 
He's like, this kid has no problem checking with whatever he wants at the, at the line. He seems like he has free reign. Uh, Kellen Moore and, and, and McCarthy, they're not telling him shit. That's a smart quarterback. That's a quarterback that knows what he's doing. Could, could they maybe rush Dak back a little bit? You're telling me next week he's going to come back? Really? Dude just had surgery on his thumb a week and a half ago, right? <laughs> like what? He just got the stitches out of, of it yesterday. And he's going to throw next week? Can we at least give him off this next week at the very minimum two weeks? Okay, I, if you want to tell me he comes back, he tries to come back in two weeks, I can see that. But next week, off a Monday night win, all of a sudden Dak's ready to go next week? I don't know. I don't know. I think Cooper Rush is putting a little bit of pressure on. And listen, if you're Dak, the ultimate dude, I mean the ultimate dude, right? He's a great teammate. He's a great leader. I understand why the Cowboys paid him that money. But really, when they did, I went, ah. And I think a lot of you went, ah. Is he really worth that much money? Are you really getting that much money worth of throws from him? And now, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but I mean, now he's, he's just... He's kind of getting a little nicked up here and there, and that's what happens as your NFL career progresses on. You get hurt more, right? Aaron didn't get hurt for like his first nine years, and all of a sudden, boom, he's got the ankle injury, the shoulder injury, he's fucking the ribs that one year. All of a sudden, it was like it was like two out of three years Aaron Rodgers pretty much didn't play entire seasons. Like, he was fucked. You know, he, he sat out half the year, then the Packers were abysmal, then he comes back, he wins fucking two more MVPs, and he's Aaron Rodgers. Is that Dak Prescott? No. That's not Dak Prescott. I'm just saying. I'm not saying Cooper Rush is going to take the starting job. I'm not even saying Cooper Rush for 15 games could do what he's doing. Because you never know. A backup comes in, two or three football games. They can really look good. You play him for six or seven. You, your team really starts to go to shit. That's usually what happens. But I'm not seeing a lot of difference with how they're running this game plan and how Cooper Rush is handling this team compared to how Dak Prescott did. It's, I'm not seeing a lot of difference here. And not, it's not like Dak Prescott's a slug of a quarterback. He's like, you know, 14 to 10. He's like 14 to 10 in this league. But Cooper Rush, I'm just not seeing a lot of difference. I'm not seeing him. Maybe Dak's a little more athletic, a little bit bigger, a little more thicker, right? Cooper Rush is, is, is he's playing his ass off right now. And if Dak doesn't come back, they go in and they get another win next week. I think Dak's going to feel a little bit of the pressure when he comes back. He's going to feel the pressure of, and you know why? Because he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. It would be the same thing if this was the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Lakers, right? When you're, when you're part of those teams, fans turn on you quick. They, they want results right here, right now. This is, no, this is no we're waiting and see what happens. No, why do you think the Steelers are calling for Trubisky's head? They're calling for his head. They want Kenny Pickett. One loss, it doesn't matter. They're calling for it after they lost the first time. Ah, get Kenny in. When you play for a franchise, big enough fan base as the Packers and the Cowboys, and if you've been a dominant as the Steelers, the Lakers, the Yankees, there is no, oh yeah, we're letting this marinate for a couple years and then we'll see where we're at. No, there is none of that. It's a win now or go the fuck home. And let's get to our standalone Sunday night football game here. We had the San Francisco 49ers going in to take in, take on the Denver Broncos. This was Sunday night game, and I gotta be honest, this game sucked. This game sucked, okay? Why, why did this game suck? Because Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson stunk it up. And I'm gonna throw Kyle Shanahan's hat in that. In that. He stunk as well. I mean, they were awful. Nathaniel Hackett, 
I don't think I could put him in this conversation. I honestly think the only time I'll mention Nathaniel Hackett and this little however long this goes about the Sunday night game, it's not going to be in any positive or negative way. He doesn't do shit. I don't know if he's actually coaching because he hired some retired guy to run his fucking clock. I mean, earlier in the week, you hire somebody to run your clock and be your game manager to have in your headphone to tell you when to call a timeout. Oh, does he need to hold your hand too? We gotta cross the street now. Give me your hand. What are we talking about? You're fucking... I, I, I understand. I completely understand. Hiring somebody on the outside to help you with maybe some schematics, some analytics, to put things together. Kind of like what, I don't know, Mike Shanahan does for Kyle Shanahan. Kind of like what's-his-name did in Moneyball for uh, for Brad Pitt in that movie, Jonah Hill's character. It's different than just sitting in a booth and telling a guy whether he should punt or not. Because the rumors are, on that fourth and one, not the rumors, the reports are, from the Broncos reporter after they interviewed him, the on that fourth and one, where people were saying, oh, maybe go for it, go for it, where they're on the 50, Hackett wanted to go for it. Homeboy on the booth told him to punt it, which, li listen, it's the right play. You punt the ball. Neither offense was doing dick. You punt it. Both defenses are amazing. I mean, these two defenses might be two of the best defenses in the league. They are flying around, unbelievably stud playmakers. It's pretty nuts. Both these defenses at the end of the year are going to carry what looks to be a pathetic Russell Wilson now. And Jimmy Garoppolo was just god-awful. But you hire this dude to hold your hand on game day? I understand it's your first year as a head coach. That's If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm losing my fucking mind, dude. You can't do this. This is, this is what a head, literally, what a head coach's job is for. You can delegate. Your, your your OC and and, and your 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 assistant offensive coordinator and and other guys like that to do this job, but to hire some retired guy that was just living in Denver to, to come up and run your clock for you, you I mean at the end of the day you got the win. How did Denver get this win? Russ atrocious. Nathaniel Hackett's not doing a goddamn thing on the sideline or even knowing when to call a timeout or to punt the fucking ball. Kyle Shanahan, this entire loss for the San Francisco 49ers is on Kyle Shanahan. And there is not a single person. I, 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 I implore you to find somebody that is non-49er fan that talks about Kyle Shanahan like I do. Who is a Kyle Shanahan fucking truther. I'm a Kyle Shanahan truther and I'm a Belichick truther. I ride with this motherfucker all the time. I almost talk... No negative about him. This loss is on Kyle, and he should be embarrassed. It's the worst loss of Kyle's career. He was garbage. He he took he took no risks. He runs the worst, the worst third down play call I've ever seen. While your team is backed up literally in your own end zone, the worst. This little like like play action fake. Almost bootleg, made Jimmy step out of the back of the end zone, which Jimmy, what the fuck are you doing? But if Jimmy wouldn't have stepped out of the back of the end zone, he threw a pick six to Bradley Chubb. I gotta be honest, it was the worst display of offensive. That single play was the worst offensive play I've ever seen in my entire life. The dude steps out for a safety, but if he would enough, on one of the worst play calls I've ever seen, that deep, no, I'm sorry. The worst play call I have ever seen on third down and you're backed up in your own fucking end zone when Jimmy's five yards, standing in the shotgun, five yards in the in your own end zone. 
the worst play call I've ever seen. He steps out, and if he doesn't, it's a pick six because Bradley Chubb will take it to the house because it was a horrible throw, trying to get it away, stepping out of bounds. It was awful. That was the epitome of this football game. I mean, your defense gave up nine points. There is no reason, no reason that you should lose a football game when your defense gives up nine points. They lost 10 to 11. The safety, the safety is what gave them those two points. They lost 10 to 11. Russell Wilson, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about Russell Wilson. He is an absolute shell of himself. Athletically, physically, can't move anymore. Cannot run out of the pocket and make a throw. I saw maybe, what was it, maybe five, four or five passes and trying to run out of the pocket to make a throw. I mean, the, balls, the ball maybe went five yards. It was horrible. Where is his accuracy gone? I mean, he still has arm talent. He's still throwing the ball deep. What is, I don't know what's happening. But he looks washed up, and he looks like a shell of himself. And this is now three football games he's looked like this. And somehow the Denver Broncos are 2-1, and one, and they look like they could be one of the worst teams in this league. If it wasn't for this unbelievable defense, just making plays all over the place, I think they would be 0-3. I think they'd be 0-3. Because Russ has looked bad. Bad. But... Future Hall of Famers, usually when you're in the game long enough, it you just takes you know, sometimes that one drive. And Russ put together the one late drive, had the game-winning drive. They go, they score a touchdown, it's it, it's over. At, from there on, what's Jimmy going to do? That, team, that, that offense wasn't going to move the ball. Kyle Shanahan didn't try anything. I mean, he didn't try anything. It was the most vanilla play calling I have ever seen in my life out of one of the guys that I say is one of the greatest, one of the greatest offensive minds and play callers and schemers to ever step foot in this fucking league. And he does that. It was an atrocious game. Russell Wilson was atrocious. Terrible. I mean, that guy is awful right now. And he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen. But if I have to watch that again, I might puke in my mouth. At one point... This Denver Bronco team had seven three-and-outs. With four minutes to go in the third quarter, they had their seventh three-and-out. They are a bad, bad football team. Do not let this 2 and one record fool you. Do not let Nathaniel Hackett fool you. He's not doing dick. He's, I don't even know who's calling the plays. I know who's not calling the timeouts, who's not throwing the challenges, and who's not... Not not knowing when to punt, that'd be Nathaniel Hackett. Because he's having homeboy in the booth do it for him. And I understand at th there are some points where you, d you need help as a head coach. I'm not saying don't get any help. It's a hard job. But you have your other coaches on your coaching staff to fucking help you out, man. You're hiring some dude that just on Thursday you hire him, boom. Sunday night he's in the booth telling you not to punt and you're listening to him like, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. I would have said, fuck off, dude. You just got here. I want to go and win this football game right now, so I'm going for it in fourth and one. Would have been the wrong call, even if they did get it. Would have been the wrong call. Because if they don't get it, now Jimmy's got the ball at the 50. And now they're, they're, I mean, what, 15 yards away from a possible field goal? And at that point would have taken the lead? I, I just, I mean, it was a right call to punt it. 
But you, I don't even know what his name is up in the booth. I don't even know where he is, who he is. And all of a sudden, this guy's just making him the calls for this team? Is he making the calls? Is Hackett making the calls? Or is Russ making the calls? I don't know. Now you got this, like, what's going on here in Denver? They're fucking terrible, folks. Do not let this win fool you. Do not let this win fool you. This is a bad football team. This is a badly coached football team. This is a badly run football team. Their quarterback looks abysmal. Their offensive line, not very good. They have some playmakers. Their defense is amazing, and it's going to keep them in football games. But they're not winning this division. Although they are tied with the Chiefs right now. 2-1, and one, tied for the, <laughs> the top of the division. And the Raiders, who we will get to in a second, 0-3, oh are trash. Are trash. But Jesus, Kyle, this is an embarrassing loss for Kyle Shanahan. Plain and simple. Embarrassing loss for Kyle Shanahan. you, you got to get back to work. You got to do something. You can't do what you just did. This is horrible. I mean horrible. Worst game I've ever seen you coach. Worst game of your career. This is going up. Uh, this, is, this is the top, buddy. Jimmy Garoppolo also. Very bad. They got to get this shit going. They're going to lean on their defense. They need to lean on this run game. And hopefully Jimmy can just kind of maybe come back to life a little bit. Kyle, let's do something, man. Let's do something. I mean, you're just running Debo just straight powers. What happened to all that shit you were doing last year? And now Trent Williams out four to six weeks, the best player on their team. Ah, man. Not looking good for the Niners. They, they, Kyle, you got to adjust. Got to adjust and do something. And the Denver Broncos, don't let it, folks, don't let them fool you. They suck. Well, on a Tuesday morning, I've had a, I've had a full Monday, a Sunday night, a little bit here on a Tuesday morning to kind of just recap this weekend in my head. And when I like to recap a weekend in my head, I, 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 I tell myself, what's the best thing you saw? What's the best thing you saw this weekend? And then I go the opposite of that. What's the worst thing you saw this weekend? And I like to write those down. And I like to go off of that. And that's a lot of where this my topics come from. A lot of it's the worst. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not a negative person. If you meet me, I'm a very positive guy. I'm, I'm, I always want my friends to win. I, I'm a very positive dude. But I like to call myself a realist. I don't live in fucking fairy tale land, la-la land, okay? If something's wrong, if there's something there, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know. I mean, this is not right. This is negative. This is this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my opinions on it. And it could sound negative in a way. Cool. That's fine. Well, here we go. Because this segment is going to be nothing but negative. Because I got some thoughts on the worst things that I saw this weekend. And it's three it's three coaches, three different franchises, one college. And they may be those are the Las Vegas Raiders, the Texas Longhorns, and the Los Angeles Chargers. All three of these have something in common. What is it you may say? All three of these have guys that cannot coach, that are coaching. As a head coach of the Texas Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian, of the Las Vegas Raiders and Mike McDaniel, and of the Los Angeles Chargers, Brandon Staley. Two out of the three guys, in my opinion, are fantastic number twos. Unbelievable number twos. We saw Josh, for a decade and a half, be one of the best, if not the best, 
offensive play caller and schemer with Brady winning Super Bowls, doing his thing, always calling the right uh, uh, trick play at the right time, using the running backs right, coming out with different schemes and formations on teams that he means to. We saw that. And we've seen Steve Sarkeesian as an offensive coordinator with guys like, I don't know, Nick Saban winning national championships, going to different spots and being a great offensive coordinator. Now, we saw one year. One year of Brandon Staley having an amazing defense with the Rams, which was it Brandon Staley or was it Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and the boys? That's why I can't put Brandon Staley in this great number two. But Steve Sarkeesian and Josh are fantastic number twos. They are shit number ones. They cannot coach. I don't want to hear about Sark almost beat Alabama week one or whatever. I don't want to, almost only counts for horseshoes and hand grenades. That's the closest that guy's ever going to be to beating a top five team in his life. It's the closest he's ever have been. I've watched him in multiple spots. He's not a head coach. He's not a head coach. He's a good number two. He's a really good number two. If you have a good head coach, Steve Sarkeesian can be a fantastic offensive coordinator for you. And if you have and if you have the right stuff, Josh McDaniels, he'll be a fantastic offense coordinator for you. And maybe, just maybe, Brandon Staley could be a fantastic defense coordinator for you. But I say that, and his defense on his own team where he's a head coach sucks. At least Sark, at least Sark, no, as now his offense is really starting to roll. I think right now they're averaging like 28 points a game, right? You you go look at you go look at Josh McDaniels, it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the Raiders are off, uh, averaging, but that offense is bad. The defense is bad. We're talking about three teams. The Texans Longhorns were ranked in the top fucking ten in the preseason polls, getting a bunch of hype, getting blown. The Las Vegas Raiders were fucking picked to win their division by multiple quote unquote experts that said the Chiefs were washed, getting blown. In the offseason. The Chargers, I don't think there's ever been a team that got blown more than this fucking Chargers team has. Abysmal, abysmal, abysmal. The Raiders are terrible. How they lost that game to the Titans. I mean, the Titans were up two touchdowns at halftime. Derek Carr looks like he's taking ten steps back. Uh, that offensive line is bad. Josh Jacobs is running the ball hard, but he's hurt and banged up. He said he can only do two plays. Josh Jacobs right now physically cannot get the ball three times in a row. No, physically. It's not like he literally cannot. He is so hurt and banged up that he literally can only get a t- two, ball, two plays in a row, and he's got to come out for at least three. This is, this is what I was hearing at the press conference, what Jacobs himself was saying. He right now is not physically ready to be the workhorse Derek Carr's t- looks like after this team won ten games last year with 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 the John Gruden email scandal shit that guy was going nowhere with this team. A guy named Rich Basaccia, who was a special teams coordinator, comes in and takes his team to the playoffs and beats Brandon Staley's bullshit fucking team. Brandon Staley's garbage. That guy sucks. He sucks more than Josh because at least Josh can go and get a fucking OC job somewhere. Josh McDaniels is not a head coach. We saw it in Denver now. We've seen it through three games with the Raiders. We, I mean, that first game, week one, I, I, I don't even know what that was. You weren't even playing football, were you? 
because it's not what that looked like. Then week two, you have this huge league on a terrible, and I repeat, a terrible Arizona Cardinal team. You have this huge lead in the second half, and you blow it. And you fucking blow it. And then you come to a Titans team who literally has no rhythm. Derrick Henry looks like he can't even run down a hill anymore. Like, if you push Derrick Henry down a hill, it doesn't even look like he could have rolled. He'd just stop. That's what he looked like until this game. Tannehill looked like he was 45 and washed. They look like they have no wide receivers. Their offensive line, Taylor Lewan, out for the season. And yet, somehow, they worked the shit out of you. Somehow, even paying all this money to all these guys, your Chandler Jones, your Max Crosby's, you're going out and you're getting this guy, you're going out and getting that guy, you got Devontae Adams, you have Josh McFucking Daniels, and you suck. Because, I mean, you watch these teams, they suck. The Texans, I mean the Titans, uh, sorry, the Texas Longhorns, the Raiders, and the Chargers suck. It's not like, oh, you know, they could no, they suck. McDaniels is awful. Sark is awful. Dude cannot coach his way out of a paper bag as a head coach. It's, it's insane. It really is. Now let's move to last. Third, but not least, definitely not least. And, and here's the thing. When Sark got the head coaching job, I was against it. I, I, I pounded my fist on the table saying this is not going to work. Dude can't be a head coach. When McDaniels got the coaching job, I'm not going to lie. I thought it would work. I liked McDaniels. I thought what he could bring to that team, well, uh, 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 schematic-wise, helping Derek. I thought I thought it could work. I was wrong. I was wrong. You know where I have not been wrong? Now going into the third season of his coaching tenure, Brandon Staley. I've been on this phony since day one, and I say phony because he's a fraud. He is. You cannot convince me that this guy can actually coach. There's no one that can. I was, I, was, I was chatting up with a Charger fan while the game was going on. He was saying, it's not Staley's fault. It's Joe Lombardi's fault. Bullshit. Bullshit. You had a team that had question marks at wide receiver, at quarterback, knowing that a couple of your defensive players weren't going to play. And then going in the game, Keenan Allen's not playing. You know that Herbert's been banged up. And yet, I'm pretty sure, Zeke, uh, I'm pretty sure Austin Eckler... Had 13 rushes. 13 rushes. And you got your ass kicked by the Jacksonville Jaguars. A team who has been the worst team in the league for two straight years. And that's not an opinion. They literally have had the number one overall pick for two years in a row. They've been for 24 months the worst team in the league. And you got your ass handed to a 38-10. to 38-10. to 10. Joey Bosa went out and got hurt. Who knows how long he's out for. Rashawn Slater is now out for the season in this game because of your bullshit play calling. And I don't want to hear about the Joe Lombardi. You're the head coach, Brandon Staley. Fucking do something about it. You should have had a game plan coming into this game against Jacksonville. And you didn't. You just didn't. Having a quarterback that's banged up and then in the game while you're getting your ass fucking handed to you by Doug Peterson because of course you are. He's a million times better coach than you ever can think about being. He, he On his worst day, and I said this to open the show, on his worst day, Doug Peterson is 10 times the coach Brandon Staley will ever be. And in late in the fourth quarter, for whatever fucking reason, your quarterback that's had rib injuries the whole week has getting injections for pain in practice and before the game and at halftime of the game. You leave him in? Down 38 to 10? Do you not fucking see what's going on here? You just lost your left tackle. You just lost your defensive end. And now you have your franchise out there 
with hurt ribs already down 38 to 10. You're a loser. I, I, I will not come off of this. Brandon Staley is a fraud of a coach. I saw it the way that he talked to the media. I saw it the way that he, 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 he consistently called his games, how his defenses was consistently bad, even though he's a defensive coordinator. He's a fucking fraud. He cannot coach. And all of a sudden, where's his identity gone? This guy that has to go for it on fourth down. I got to go for it on fourth down. I got to go for it on fourth down. I haven't seen that this year. Have any of you? The Charger fan I was talking to said the same thing. He said, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why he's scared to go for it on fourth down now. He's, so now, he's not only coaching horrifically, he's not even doing what he said his identity was to go into every game, going for it on fourth and fucking two from your own 13-yard line or whatever it was against the Raiders last year. Insane. Now you're just, well, you're just giving it up? You're done? It's pathetic. He's pathetic. And this team, honestly, is going to have a pathetic season because of this. I, I, If you tell me Brandon Staley's fired week eight, I'm not going to be surprised. This guy sucks. He's not good. How are you losing these games? The way that you are losing these games with Justin Herbert... Austin Eckler, an offensive line that's really good. A defense that's got playmakers galore. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't hear about this. It's on Brandon Staley. I don't want to hear about Joe Lombardi's play calling. I don't. I don't. Because who, who hired Joe Lombardi? Brandon Staley. Who tells Joe Lombardi what to do? If he's throwing it too much, what's a head, co head coach's job to do? Tell him to run it more. If he's running it too much and you need to throw, what is a head coach's job supposed to do? Tell him to throw it more. A head coach is the entirety. I, I Listen, you cannot blame all of it on your fucking play call on Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi's just trying to call the best play he can with what Brandon Staley gave him to offer, which is dog shit in his fucking hand. Dog shit. White, old, crusty dog shit. That's what Brandon Staley is working with every fucking day because that's what's in his hand. It's insane. This guy is a fraud. And I will not come off of this. I've been on this since he stepped foot as a Chargers head coach. And I will be on this until he gets fired as the Chargers head coach. And hopefully Sean Payton takes over. Because Jesus, this team can be good. You just lost 38-10 to to Jacksonville. And here's the thing. Doug Peterson, unlike Brandon Staley, great coach. Trevor Lawrence is really taking a step forward. You've seen what, what Urban Meyer was god-awful. You actually see a good head coach come in there. Jacksonville's got more talent than we think. Trevor Lawrence has taken a big step. That defense has taken a big step. Travis Etienne's actually playing running back instead of wide receiver. Like Urban Meyer drafted. Yeah, we drafted a running back out of Clemson to play wide receiver. You're a fucking fraud too, dude. I mean, Brandon Staley's going to keep getting his ass kicked. Brandon Staley's going to keep getting his ass handed to him. And he's absolutely ruining the Chargers' chances at the Super Bowl with a young, inexpensive Justin Herbert. Because you're going to have to pay him after this year. And he's going to start making fucking $50 million a year. And if you're the coach, they're royally fucked. Because, dude, you suck. All right, let's run through some NFL. Some Sunday games I haven't touched on already. Uh, Ravens at Patriots. This is a really good game. 14-13 Ravens at half. Honestly, I have some concerns with the Ravens defense. I, I don't think the Patriots is as bad as a lot of people say they are. Especially that offense. And Mac Jones... Well, I'm not the biggest Matt Jones guy. He's grown on me a little bit. But they were able to move the ball too well against this Ravens defense. This team, 
should not have been able to move the ball that well. And they did. Ultimately, the Ravens get it done. Lamar accounted for five touchdowns. This guy accounted for five fucking touchdowns. He's amazing. He truly is a dominant player. And when he came in the league, I was wrong about him. I didn't think he was going to be able to cut it as a true NFL quarterback. Well, I was wrong. Unlike Brandon Staley, I, I was completely wrong. Because this dude's a baller. And he's going to get paid a shit ton of money. Uh, but Mac Jones has a high ankle sprain. And he's going to be out a couple weeks. And a high ankle sprain's no joke. You know, I think I think a lot of, especially maybe non-football or non-athlete people, they hear about high ankle sprains. And they go rub some dirt on it, get up, you're fine. It's not like you broke any bones. Well, if you've ever played pickup basketball, or if you've ever just been out, you know, throwing the pigskin with, with your buddies playing fucking tackle or whatever on Thanksgiving, and you get rolled up on, and you got a high ankle sprain, that shit hurts more than a broken bone, in my opinion. Because a broken bone does hurt, but it breaks, and then it's kind of broken, right? So you don't, you feel it, it's just kind of numb. That ankle sprain pain is no joke. I, I, you're talking to, I'm, you're, you're, having this, you're listening to a guy who's, I think I've sprained my right ankle seven times, and I sprained my left four or five. Actually, the last time I sprained my left ankle was a high ankle sprain, and I tore ligaments in it. Tore three ligaments, had to get surgery. That was my sophomore year of high school. So it's been a while since I did that, which is nice, but I'm not as active. I'm not playing fucking basketball every day anymore, and that's why I was really rolling them up on. It hurts. It is no joke of an injury. You see Trent Williams for the Niners. He has one as well. Out four to six weeks. This is no injury. This is no joke of an injury. This is a bad injury. High ankle sprains in, in, in football and in basketball, they really, really derail your season. Honestly, it's hard to come back and be the same on after a high ankle sprain than it is more from an ACL. And I know that might sound weird, but the ACL, you're going to go surgically repair that shit. High ankle sprain, a lot of times there is no surgery. And if it is, it's very minor just to kind of scrape away maybe any bone fragments that kind of chipped or anything like that so you don't get any damages. And then it's just healing on its own. And you got to wait. And you might not be able to cut the same or run the same. And even even when you do start playing, your off days, you step on it and you just, it's sore. It's shit. It takes a long, long time to recover from this pain, from, from this kind of injury. And it's hella pain. It is a lot of pain. I don't, honestly, anybody who gets, gets a high ankle sprain gets rolled. Fuck, I've, black, I've blacked out twice. I blacked out, I remember middle school, jump ball. I did the jump, came down. Dude, I came down, dude came down on my ankle, boom, rolled it, I blacked out. I took two steps, everything went black, I hit the floor. This is, it's no joke of a fucking injury here. And I saw some people online, oh, Matt Jones, high ankle sprain, <laughs> what a pussy. Fuck you. Seriously. Anybody that says that, go fuck yourself, dude. Because I guarantee you've never strapped up a day in your fucking life. So hopefully Matt comes back and he's alright. And he's good, but that's, uh, for the Patriots, you miss Mac Jones for four weeks, season's done. And, and listen, I'm, like I said, I'm higher on the Patriots than a lot of people. I don't think they're, you know, AFC championships material or anything, but I think maybe they could have made the playoffs. But without Mac, if Mac misses that much time, nah, they ain't, they ain't making the playoffs. Chiefs at Colts, what a weird game. Especially a weird first half. I mean, honestly, just a weird game all around. Colts ended up getting this, getting this win, but man. This defense for Indianapolis, people were talking so much shit the first couple of games, how they couldn't play this. I mean, they gave they lost twenty four to nothing to Jacksonville in Jacksonville. 
I mean, Frank Wright, honestly, if didn't win this game, could have been fired. And I think it would have been justified to fire Frank after this game. But somehow, someway, the Colts get it done. Holding Kansas City to three points in the second half. Three points in the second half. And it wasn't like Mahomes was atrocious. He was making some good plays and some good throws. Now, that offense still has some work to do with the new people and getting it going. But I, I like what they're doing. And they, they still have some growing pains. But this defense for the Colts is really good. And when Darius Leonard comes back, it's going to be even better. And when Buckner's there and he's healthy, it's going to be even better. This Colts team, they have the talent. They really, really do. They win this game 20-17. to You know, after the Chiefs were up 14-10 to at half, holding the Chiefs to three points in the second half, that's impressive. I mean, I don't care who you are, that's impressive. So maybe this is what they needed to just kind of get their season going. They're playing a division that's very winnable. Jacksonville right now is winning that division. Uh, yeah, yeah, Houston in that division, not very good. And Tennessee, which I, I love Rabel, but I just don't know what Tennessee really has this year. So it's a division to keep your eye on. If the Colts maybe use this win to kind of get themselves going. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. The Cardinals stink. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, give me a break with your play calling. I mean, give me a break with this whole scheme thing that you got going on. It's not working. Kyler Murray, he stinks. He only wants to be good when when he wants to be good. And it's just it feels like just the last three minutes of the game. This is what the Cardinals are going to be. The Cardinals are going to be the team that gets beat the entire game. And then somehow, someway, the last half of the fourth quarter, they're going to score a touchdown to pull it within a score or maybe to pull it within three points or maybe even tie the football game up after they've been getting their ass kicked the entire game. And, and you're going to win some spreads on them. I'm actually might bet the Cardinals heavy when they're underdogs, depending on the spreads, because I do believe they're going to cover a lot of spreads, but lose a lot of football games. For the Rams, I love watching Matt Stafford, but man, sometimes when you watch this guy, you go, is that the worst throw I've seen today? And then a couple plays later, you go, is that the best throw I've seen today? He just he, That's just what he gives you. And 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 I, I've known that since he was on the Lions, and I think a lot of people... Didn't know that, thought that he sucked. A lot of people thought he was great. Now that we've seen him, proves that you can win a Super Bowl with this guy. I think there's a lot more, people had a lot more expectations, like he should be Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. He's going to be who he is, right? He's going to throw interceptions, just what he does. But he's also going to make the amazing 360 out of the pocket, throwing across his body to Cooper Cup for a freaking 45-yard dime. That's also what he's going to do. He's, he gives you stuff that only a handful of quarterbacks in this league can really give you. And he's going to have some days where he doesn't look that great. Uh, but honestly, I, I mean, I think the Rams still make the playoffs. I think they're still going to be a good team. I think maybe his shoulder's bothering him a little bit because you can see at times he doesn't want to let it go. But they're going to be fine. Now, they're still trying to find themselves. They're trying to find themselves after a Super Bowl win, trying to really see what's going on on the defense side of the ball, losing some safeties, losing a corner, uh, losing a couple offensive linemen. Still trying to get it rolling. But, I mean, the Cardinals stink. So it was a good win here for the Rams. Uh, Packers at Bucks was a it was the Fox game of the day. You had uh, who's the new? Was it? It's Burkhart and uh, Greg Olson. Which though, I I like Greg Olson in the booth. I think he's fantastic, and I don't mind Burkhart. Listen to him for a long time now, so I don't mind that. And uh, this game was what it was. I thought it was a really good game. It was interesting. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, but the Buccaneers had nobody, and they still almost tied this football game up by the two-point conversion that they got called for a fucking uh, delay of game. 
Tom Brady can call for a delay of game on a two-point conversion, got to be the first time that's ever happened in his career. That's pretty nuts because they probably would have scored. They would have gave the ball to Leonard Fournette. They would have went in. They would have tied the football game up. But then you go for it. Now you're now you're at the seven-yard line, a little bit harder of a play. I, I mean, the Packers end up getting the job done. But, I mean, the Packers could have easily lost this game. I mean, the Bucks had nobody and did nothing for the whole game. It's I don't think the Packers... A lot of people were very high on the Packers, and I think their Packers defense is good. But they, 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 I mean, maybe Romeo Dobbs comes along, Alan Lazard comes along. But this team's identity is to run the football, and occasionally when they can't, they, they, they just look really bad. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers can't run the football and he just doesn't really have anybody that he wants to throw to, he looks awful. And the same with Tom. You know, Tom looked bad a lot of times today. You know, no wide receivers to throw to. No ones that he really wanted to throw to at a time. He was just trying to throw everything to Cole Beasley. And then at the end of the game, both of them look pretty good. I mean, Tom goes down, has has the score, has they got, they got to get the two-point conversion to tie it. They don't get it. Packers win. It was a solid game, but let's keep my eye on the Packers here. Because they could, uh, they, maybe they're just lacking right now in this league. They're lacking some outside weapons. And the Bucks are. I mean, they're going to get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back. Mike Evans was just suspended for this game. So he's out for the season. Chris Godwin should be back next week. That's what the reports are. He's getting healthy. Should be coming back next week. Doesn't mean he's going to be right back in it. But, I mean, Chris Godwin is better than anybody that the Packers have by a long shot. And he's not even the best receiver on that team. So keep an eye out for the Packers. The Saints at Panthers. The Panthers get their first win of the year. But it's against Jameis Winston. And, and I just, this Saints team is not good. This Saints team is not good. I've said this since Dennis Allen was named the head coach. Dude can't coach. <laughs> so, Carolina, congrats on your first win of the season. Baker was also terrible in this game. I mean, atrocious. I'm pretty sure the only touchdown until they finally Carolina's offense finally did score was a scoop and score from their defense that Alvin Kamara let the ball slip out of his hands. This Dennis Allen, Jameis Winston-led Saints team is not going to win games. They're not going to win very many. They're not good. Jameis Winston's going to throw three picks a game. he throw three touchdowns and three picks a game. And Dennis Allen doesn't know how to coach. I mean, <laughs> I mean, every, every win in the NFL is a great win. It's a win. It's hard to win every week. But Carolina, I mean, congrats on it. But Jesus, the Saints are not a good football team. I, I don't expect Carolina to win very many games. Because even in this, in this team where the Saints looked awful the entire game... How did you not win by more? How did you not win by more? I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I mean, both these teams I don't think are any good. Baker Mayfield, I think, is atrocious quarterback now. I, I, he's not resurrecting any careers in Carolina. Like beating Dennis Allen and the Saints? I mean, it was 22 to 14. But a lot of times, I mean, I mean, I don't like I said, I don't think this, the the Panthers actually scored an offensive touchdown until I believe was it? I think they scored one. No, I believe the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is when they scored an offensive touchdown. The first score of the game was a scoop and score, and they shut they, they shut them out. They kicked two more field goals. It was like thirteen to nothing at halftime. Then no one scores in the third quarter. Carolina gives up fourteen points in the fourth, and Baker finally puts a touchdown drive together. It's pathetic is it not am i the only one that sees that he was bad they are bad Jameis was bad this is bad this is just two bad football teams playing each other that's 
That's really all I can say about that. Uh, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Uh, Eagles, honestly, I, they're a top three team in the NFL. How are they not? How are they not? I mean, in the trenches, which is what I preached the entire pre uh, uh, offseason leading into this year about why I picked the Eagles to win that division, in the trenches, they are dominating. And then you got a quarterback that seems like he's putting it all together. And another guy that I was wrong about, I'm raising my hand, completely wrong about Jalen Hurts. I said that he was a running back in this league, couldn't cut it as a, as a quarterback. Wrong. Wrong. Because the dude's making plays left and right. And right now, is playing like the best quarterback in the league. I mean, right now, he honestly is. He He's playing like a top him, Mahomes, Allen. I mean, it's insane. It, and Lamar... This guy's up there with him, and he's undefeated. And he just beat the shit out of the Washington Commanders, which, let's be honest, Carson Wentz is probably not that good. He's just not that good. You know, he's going to have some moments here and there, but eh, let's be honest, he's just probably not that good. And Terry McLaurin, they paid him all that money. I counted four drops. I counted four drops yesterday. Can't do nothing in the open field. Is Terry one of those guys that just is really good, and then he gets paid, and he got paid, and now it's kind of just like, eh, I'm just, I'm, I play for the Washington Commanders. I got my money, so, nah. Could be where that's going. I'm not trying to disrespect you, Terry. You're scary, Terry. I got you on my touchdown-only fantasy league. I need you to score. You didn't. I was a little disappointed, but that's okay. You know, maybe you're not. Maybe that's not what's happening. But for the first three weeks, it's just look a little lack, lackadaisical out there. And uh, Carson Wentz is probably not that good. That Washington team, I mean, that defense is going to really have to carry him. Maybe Ron Rivera could get something going, but... They're not very good. Uh, I mean, and the Eagles, the Eagles are very good. Uh, the Bengals finally get a win, beat the Giants, beat the shit out of the Giants. Close game for a little bit, though. But, I mean, sorry, the Jets. But eventually, what are you going to do? I mean, Joe Flacco is their quarter. How long? I don't know when Zach Wilson can come back. And I know Joe Flacco had that com amazing comeback last week. But you just... You're going to lose more games than you win with Joe Flacco right now as your quarterback with the Jets. So anything they could do to get Zach Wilson back in there, I don't know a timetable. i got to be honest, I, I haven't spent too much time looking at the Jets or reading about the Jets or really see what's going on with the Jets because they're the Jets. Let's, let's be honest here, folks. They're the Jets. Vikings-Lions, maybe the most entertaining game of the day. The Lions had the game in the hand for, I mean, they were in lead for Fuck the entire game until the until Vikings took the lead, pretty much. They had that game. They had that game won. Dan Campbell, I like Dan Campbell. And if you watched Hard Knocks, I think you like him anymore. Grit, his team is strong. They play hard. Uh, Omron St. Brown is coming on to be one of the best wide receivers in the league. You got Jamal Williams to go behind De uh, uh, DeAndre Swift, who, if both those guys are healthy and good, it's a great running back tandem right there. And Jared Goff, like I said, I said early in the season, I believe Jared Goff could have his best career he's ever had. But when you're the underdog and you're the Detroit Lions and you're on and you're at home, were they at home or on the road? I don't remember. But uh, when you're facing a divisional opponent, sometimes, especially when you have the lead, you just gotta whip your balls out, put them on the table. You're the underdog. What do you have to lose? You're the Detroit fucking Lions, man. What do you have to lose? Go for it on fourth down. It was fourth and two. 50-yard line. Go for it. They don't. They punt. Vikings get the ball. Touchdown. Game over. Vikings win. I just, 
I expected two drives in a row. Dan Campbell and that offense could have done just pull something out. Take this deep shot, run this trick play. Dude, you're the underdog, man. You're the Lions. You're a divisional game. You had the lead the most part the most uh, for the most of the game. Game near all the entire game. Get that fucking first down and win this football game. There's a little I mean, as a man that had money on the Vikings, you know, I, I mean, I had that six. They only won by four, so I lost. It's not like it really fucking matters. But did I want the Vikings to win that game by six? You goddamn right I did. But was part of me rooting for the Lions? Yeah, part of me really was, even though I had money on it. It was a very interesting football game. The Lions are going to be in these games all year. They're going to be in these games all year. They're one and two, and they're just going to be in one possession games. They're going to fight every single game so expect that expect to maybe take a expect me to maybe take some lions covers this year lions covers maybe some cardinals covers because i know they're just gonna backdoor cover god that team sucks how bad does that cardinals team suck they're pretty bad how bad is cliff kingsbury's coaching job so far this year play calling it's been horrific kyler murray horrific jesus they gotta get they gotta clean some shit up but what a great week three my God, I'm so fucking, I was pumped. I was jazzed the entire morning. Made myself some biscuits and gravy. Had a little Irish coffee. For me, the game started at 10 a.m. That's that's the beauty about living on the West Coast. 10 a.m. start time, baby. That means you're pretty much waking up. You take your morning shit, shower, shave. You eat your breakfast, you drink your coffee, and guess what? We're kicking it off of seven hours of commercial-free football. And I fucking love it. I cannot wait for Sunday next week. I'm already I'm already pumped. I'm already ready to go. I just want it to be here. I want it to be tomorrow. But folks, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one. Thursday night football this week. Uh shoo. Bengals Dolphins? Bengals Dolphins. I believe it's in Cincinnati. I could be wrong, but I believe it's in Cincinnati. Huge game here for the Dolphins. Could we look up and all of a sudden Mike McDaniel, Tua Tonga Vailoa are four and just off of a win, a, a short week win on Thursday Night Football against the Bengals after they beat the Bills the Sunday prior, that'd be a hell of a way to open up your fucking season if you're the Miami Dolphins. But enjoy that game. I'll talk to everybody after that. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Peace.